Garden. He stopped talking and looked away from us. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> oh, did I? Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Not the chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise. <laughs> Whoa. Hundred butts. Kinky. Creepy pasta. Please. You can't say Teddy Spaghetti three times or else. Don't mention his name. Pastacle. A Ouija version of the stranger. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey. Out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod, where two dads and a dunderhead take a look at the curiously odd and macabre world of movies, mystery, and history. On today's episode, we get slow and gooey, because we're going to jump into a real gnarly segment that involves a whole bunch of molasses, <laughs> I believe, <laughs> oh, and then yeah. I'm taking you guys yeah. to a creepy file to talk about uh, a cryptid. And as always, I'm joined Ooh. by my beautiful Ooh. co-occupants of the pod. Go ahead, follow them on Instagram and Slasher at Chuddle the Ross and on Chuddle the Sam. How are you two boys sup. doing? Sup, 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 Sam. Sup. How are you tonight? Sup. Who, me? Did you say me? Yeah. I'm good. Pay attention. I'm very good. <laughs> well, yeah, hey, I was paying attention. You said it. Chuddle the Ross on Chuddle the Sam, which is not what it is. But I mean, uh, good. I'm good. I'm real good, good actually. I went to a Bucks game Monday night, Monday night football, which is always ex- exciting. And, and how was. And how was the uh, Buck Cherry concert? It was fantastic. Great halftime performance. And so I split after that. But, um, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no, it was. It, so I hadn't seen Tom Brady as a Buck yet. His first year was COVID year. No fans were in the stands. Second year, which was last season, I guess. Maybe I still wasn't comfortable going. Anyway, was stoked to see Tom Brady playing the Saints division rival. Forgot he hasn't scored a touchdown in the past two years against him when we've uh, when we played the saints at home fucking terrible game it's 16-3 saints with like i don't know less than four minutes left in the game we score a touchdown get a three and out stop them get the ball back score another touchdown with three seconds left to won the game 17-16 three seconds left vintage tom brady comeback so 52 minutes of like some of the worst football I've ever been party to. And then the best game I've ever been to in the end. So funny how that works. Nice. It was nice. the worst of times. It was the best of times. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think that's so what I'm I was good. written about. Yeah. Originally. So you're good. Good. That's awesome to hear. And Ross, hey. how are you doing over there? Hey, you know what? Oh, guys, I'm now part of the, I went to the dentist. Hey, hey look at you. So de- How are your yeah. teeth doing? Uh, you get any pulled? No, no. Uh, teeth? Are you going to get any pulled? No, none. Boo. Yeah. Boo just, some, <laughs> just some, just some deep cleanings. Just some, uh, yeah, they're just preventative gum stuff. And, uh, the rest of it, uh, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Teeth, teeth went five by five, man. It was great. Oh, nice. Which means I only have five and five. Right. Oh, that's why they're like, look, I there's can't so really few call to anymore. worry about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Oh, for whatever reason, I completely missed this animated series, and I binge watched it this week. Um, Over the Garden Wall. Uh, I Mr. Elijah Wood uh, plays one of the characters. It's like two brothers that jump over this wall fence, and it's like they go through a, a wall or a fence. It's well, a wall fence. It's a wall fence. It's a fence. It's a wall. Come on, Sam. Or a wall that's a fence. Is it 
made of stone. Um, you know what's really funny? The beginning of the series, you don't know, and then you do, and it's mostly like a stone kind of wall that kind of goes through. Okay, fantastic. Over the garden wall fence. <laughs> Over the garden wall fence is the sequel that's going to be coming out. No, it's fucking great. Uh, if you like, uh, like old old timey kind of uh like Halloween decorations, <laughs> like. It's got the aesthetic of like like almost prohibition like, era, like just oh. super really fucking weird. And stuff. how many episodes was it? Where'd you watch it? I think it was eight episodes. So it's not. I mean, they're maybe like twenty minutes each. So what it's nothing super it crazy. Uh, HBO Max. I'll check it out. Yeah, it was really good. I may or may not have your HBO Max to watch it on. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> or you, or you got it. Uh, besides that. Same old, same old, you know. Uh, I'm sorry I can't report more stuff about the dentist, but I didn't go. Oh, no, we get it. It's good. I'm, it's not bad. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> good on you. Good on you. And don't forget, you can always go ahead and follow me at Chuddle the Brian with a... Why? Because fuck it on Instagram and Slasher as well. And follow all of us at Chuddle the Pod at those places yeah what you what you been up to brian sup sup (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i've been good watching watching movies i've been on i've watched quite a few to report back to you so let's see i went on a johnny legsathon so i saw the menu and i also just saw um deadly night is that it i always forget johnny legs John Leguizamo. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Perfect. Oh, the menu. Is that the new one with uh, yeah. Ray Fiennes? Johnny Legs. <laughs> yeah. How was I that? I want to see that. Delightful. I That's what I report. I, I put that into our Discord that I didn't enjoy it quite a bit. I, I check it oh, out. Oh, I sure. didn't know what that fucking was. I, oh, where it was all? a grayed out box and then a bunch of people giving their opinions of it. Oh, interesting. It didn't like, it didn't I was like, load. what are they talking about? <laughs> What yeah, no. is the gray box? I did, I did like it. Uh, that it was definitely fun. And same thing with um the David Harbor Santa Claus movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. that was definitely. That's a action movie. That is fun. Looks sure. fun and dumb. Is it fun and dumb? Pretty much. Perfect. Yeah, it has a moment. I can't. I'm not going to spoil it for you. That you will absolutely love. Like, oh great. Cool. I I know. I know. Was, it well. Okay. So was that the one where you saw the trailer for Cocaine Bear? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just watched that trailer. It blew my mind. I thought that, that was, was not a real movie, and it is a real movie, and I'm fucking so excited for Cocaine Bear. Oh, Wait, that's coming. You didn't think it was a real movie? Well, you know, I mean, like, you see, like, on... we already talked about it? <laughs> well, okay. well, on the Discord and stuff like that, when I first saw it... Okay. Like the but initial, we have since talked about it. And yes, you knew it was a real yes. movie. Then. No, completely. Right. I thought you were movie. telling me like you just had right that in this moment. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like well, upon first viewing, you're like, this cannot be fucking real, and then you're like, holy shit, it is. I also, actually was looking up the because uh, I know it's based on a true story, and I was like, oh, maybe that'd be a good boil down because the movie's coming out. It's just sad. Uh, I was about to say it's probably just sad uh, in the end. It is. A bear found a bunch of cocaine in the woods that a drug dealer died. dropped out of a plane and. <laughs> Died. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. can go see his bones. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good. Although, well, I speaking think of is... bones, I went and saw a movie called Bones and All. I don't know if you've even oh. heard of that. It has uh, a yeah. Timothy Chalamet in it. No, I haven't even heard of that cool guy. Right. <laughs> your, your new Timothy Chalamet movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I don't cool know. Guy. I keep. It's so. It was weird. I, like I'd seen previews for it for all the, a bunch of trailers for movies up here, so I watched it. It's ultimately just like a, you know a young love story. But okay. the premise is like Timothy Chalamet and I forget the, the the other main character, her name. They 
need to Two eat people. Fall in love. They what? They need to eat people, or they oh. need need or want need. Presumably, need. like okay. at some point, if they don't do it, they can't help it. Like I don't know, but that not, that never really gets explained. But these two mm. eaters find each other. There's a weird. Yeah. There's a whole lot of showing, not enough showing, because some stuff still I mean, needs no. to be told. Yeah, not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily needed to be told what they were. We don't need to know why they need to eat people. Just know that they do. Because yeah. that's not the point of the story. That's just sure. the device I that get gets it. these two, you know, outcasts totally. together. Um, that was it. Was fine. Uh, <laughs> okay. But ultimately, out of the, out of the three. I would say I was most delighted by the menu because I know I wasn't expecting much going in. Deadly Night. Is that what it is? I can't remember. Violent, <laughs> Violent, Violent Night. Night. That's it. Um, that, yeah, like I said, that was fun. It could have been trimmed up, I feel like, a little bit. Okay. Exciting. All right. I want to see all these. I had an opportunity to see an early showing of the menu, but it was like on a Wednesday at 630 in the afternoon where I was like, okay, I can't. I can't. Make, <laughs> can't, can't do it. Happen. Well, there, there you have it for that kind of bullshit. <laughs> and then, don't, like I said, don't forget <laughs> at Child the Pod Instagram slasher. But definitely, we mentioned it a few times already. Jump into our Discord, where mm-hmm. we'll just be talking about stuff in the moment. Any sort of new movies coming out? There's past guests and and other fans of the show in there as well, talking about all sorts of stuff. Sam's having fun with a little fucking AR AI artwork generator, making fun little uh, pictures yeah. of all the patrons in there. So that's apparently a new exclusive uh patron exclusive you're gonna get an ai artwork of your witch name generated uh Mm -hmm. speaking of the patreon it's a very real thing where you can get all sorts of other exclusive channel the pod content including past episodes that are no longer available stickers Mm -hmm. special discord Mm -hmm. titles and much more um i see that our patrons are posting that they've gotten their stickers i haven't heard from one of them <laughs> but i assume <laughs> that they've gotten theirs as well hopefully and mm-hmm. um so that's a huge shout out to those patrons thank you very much we love you travis maxwell boone the witch doctor of doom paul lynch mm. the ditch witch and the horror bandwagon the witchy wish dragon you're all amazing and beautiful and if in case you forget all of this don't forget to go over to shuttle the pod.com for all the info you could ever need. And as we said before, we're going to jump into our main segments for the night, starting off with a real gnarly bit from Sam. So before that, we're going to take a quick break. Goobob. Hey, we're back. Thank you so much to our kind sponsor for those awesome words of encouragement. As we said before the break, we're going to get into our first segment for tonight, where we are going into Sam's a real gnarly segment. <laughs> You boys know the saying, slow as molasses, right? Yes. Yes. Not hard to figure out where that one comes from. Molasses moves slowly. Mm -hmm. There's no mystery there. Molasses is thick. It's viscous. It's a non-Newtonian fluid, as we all know. Ooh, could you say that again? Which part? Thick and viscous or a non-Newtonian fluid? Both and at the same time. It's thick. It's (laughs) viscous. It's a non-Newtonian fluid, as we all know. Perfect. Thank you. Sam's favorite. Well, you got, I mean, we all know what a non-Newtonian fluid is, right? (laughs) It's something where the viscosity is dependent upon the force. So not like water, but like toothpaste. Something that needs like to be moved. Extra oomph. Yeah. 
The more force you apply, the easier it is to move. Slow as molasses. But now we are going to talk about a time molasses moved very, very fast. Ooh. Like, are we talking molasses mudslide? Essentially, yeah. And a mudslide would be a non-Newtonian fluid. So that's very good, Ross. Very good. (laughs) Yeah! January 15th, 1919. Uh Uh-oh. Boston's north end. As opposed to the back end. (laughs) (laughs) Is is there a lot of molasses in Boston's back end? Ah, uh, oh, not boy. anymore. In the north end, we'll find out one day where it erupted. Oh, uh, okay. This was one of the busiest commercial sites in all of Boston. It was the like shipping hub of the East Coast. Uh, stuff would go from like down in the Caribbean to Boston to Europe. This is part of this. Uh, what was it? The triangular trade. In molasses, rum, and slaves. Hmm. Okay. One of the many commodities found there was molasses. Um, Molasses was stored in giant tanks. Now, uh, this one giant stank, (laughs) giant stank. Look at that giant stank. Sorry, I was just just thinking of my old nicknames. Uh, (laughs) The giant tank stored molasses from Cuba, Puerto Rico, and West Indies which was brought to this distillery there that would turn it into industrial alcohol. Companies in the U.S., England, and France bought the alcohol, which was used to make dynamite, smokeless powder, and other explosives used in World War I. So molasses is turned into alcohol. It's not turned into rum. It's made for munitions. And this Mm -hmm. is why there's so much molasses coming into Boston's port. The tank, this one particular tank, was the biggest tank. It was the Titanic of tanks. It was, Ooh. it was big Tita- and Tita- awesome. Titanic. Titanic. There we go. The tank's immense size uh, was more than fifty feet high, ninety feet in diameter, and could hold up to two point five million gallons oh my of molasses. Oh God! Yeah, that just cool. sounds like a fuck up waiting to happen. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's fine. Um, That's what the safety inspector said. Well, it was built quickly and problematic from the start, (laughs) leaking (laughs) and often emitting rumbling noises. Emitting rumbling noises. Mm -hmm. If you worked at a place that that thing was that big and you started filling it up and it started doing like T-Rex, like... (laughs) Would you ever want to work near that thing? I don't know. It was 1919. It was probably normal. You don't really have a choice, and I guess you're like seven years old when you start working, Uh, so it's it's totally different. So you're telling me I'm nine years old working in the port of Boston, Uh (laughs) filling this tank with molasses? Yeah. Yes. I think I'd I'd, uh, keep doing it. Well, you got to do it for your kids, because at nine, you probably have five kids. The kids were not working, but... They did go to the tank and collect molasses from it in jars because it was just leaking out of the sides. Oh, okay. Free molasses. So. Oh, my God. I thought you were going a totally different. I thought they were, like, dunking children inside the giant vat to collect, like, pails of this stuff, like, to bring it out. Like, using the children as a crane in a crane game? Boston's poor, like, dumping Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick, grab all the molasses with your hands. <laughs> Put it in your pockets. Put it in your pockets. We will eat for a week on this. All right. So the tank's owners, United States Industrial Alcohol, had been warned that the tank was leaking. Their response? 
Fuck it. <laughs> Paint the tank brown to camouflage the dripping molasses. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Yeah. All right. So we're just. How did you? How did you clear all the the leaking? No, we just slathered the whole thing in molasses, so you don't know where it's leaking from. <laughs> and we also painted it brown. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is it was a rush job to get built. Molasses was on its way. So they just made it's it... a hot commodity. So they just painted it finest. turd brown? It was like, yep, job's done. Molasses brown, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, How dare you, sir? Yes, they just painted the tank brown to cover up the fact that it was leaking. That was their fix. Awesome. That's what I do to my butt. you painted your butt brown to fix the fact that it looked like there no to fix come it leaking out to fix the crack (laughs) (laughs) didn't look like i was leaking yeah Yeah. (laughs) god can you can can we can we make a vote to make that a quote for you can can that be your snippet is that the poll quote yeah i mean i mean that's what we should release as the the paid advertisement for (laughs) yeah for sure so recently on before whatever the date was i said at the beginning january 15th 1990 i think um about a week before then they were Fill in the tank with molasses. You got to fill it with hot molasses because well, it moves better. The tank had cold molasses in it already because it was two degrees that day in Boston. It's in the winter. It was cold. So as the warm molasses from the ship mixed with the cold molasses in the tank, it triggered a fermentation process that produced a gas. Mm. People re- reported hearing the tank whining and groaning. And a week later, an almost full tank weighing 26 million pounds Put pressure on the steel walls and it ruptured. Oh mm-hmm. dear! The <laughs> you ready for this? Yes. The explosion sent what an eyewitness called, "quote, a thirty-foot wall of goo." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, quote, God. oh God! Oh goo! Good gooey, gooey goodness. The distillery <laughs> tank had exploded and released its contents in a spectacular wave. About 25 feet in height, 165 feet wide, moving at 35 miles an hour. Jesus Christ! Holy shit! So it's a so it's a goo tsunami. Gunami. That just yeah. A gunami. Oh mm-hmm. God! A Boston gunami. <laughs> that sense. 25 feet high. It doesn't feel like we should say that. Those words together. <laughs> a Boston gunami. <laughs> a Boston. That's just like a. A pastry you can only get. That's in like Boston. a uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. It's like a yes. yeah, it's like a Cleveland steamer. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I, another Which pastry is... you can only get in Cleveland. Exactly. <laughs> I will go there and ask for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, there's uh, no outrunning wow. this. It's going thirty-five miles an hour. When the initial wave came through, it like destroyed everything now this was the the hot molasses so this was like liquid well this is the it was warm molasses that had mixed with cold molasses so it's not it's not really that hot anymore it's the speed that it's moving at because it's (laughs) non-newtonian it's about the force and not about the temperature what's the the difference between uh i guess the thickness of it because if it's warm it'll be a little more fluid but if it's two degrees out 
it's that would be like a 35 mile an hour ice shelf just careening into everything well and that's what it was more like yes oh my god so now it right, had so the titanic thing that, actually makes sense that day it had warmed up to um 40 degrees the okay. day of the thing so i still cold obviously um that's still gonna be cold molasses but compared to the two degrees, that's a big difference. Huge difference. Um, well, ain't that some cold and molasses? And ch- the, the, the day that it exploded, the temperature changed 30 degrees that day. So I guess it was like 10 degrees in the morning. And and this was 1230, I think. So went from 10 degrees to 40 degrees in mm. like six, mm-hmm. seven hours. Oh, my God. So people's bones crushed, body thrown into buildings and into train cars. Uh, many of the survivors had broken backs and fractured skulls. Jeez. Uh, it crushed freight cars. Engine 31 firehouse was raised from its foundation and moved. Uh, an elevated railway on Atlantic Avenue nearly lifted a train right off the tracks. Solid steel supports of elevated tra- pl- trade pl- train platforms were snapped. A chest-deep river of molasses stretched from the base of the tank to the streets, which was about 90 meters. From there, it thinned out into a coating that was about one-half to one meter deep. People, horses, and dogs were caught in the mess, and when they tried to escape, they only sunk further. To make matters worse, so I've read this uh, article on the science of the whole thing, and it talked about what a human swimming in water is like versus what someone swimming in molasses is like. Mm-hmm. A man immersed in molasses will not get anywhere with the kind of symmetric swimming strokes that would propel him in water. Each repetitive stroke would only undo what was done before. Pulling his arms towards himself would move the molasses away from his head, but reaching up to repeat the stroke would push the molasses back where it was before. He would stay in place like a gnat trapped in tree sap. Interesting. So, so how get, do you know how to escape from molasses? Uh, don't get in there, man. <laughs> don't get. Oh, come in there, on, man. I was expecting some at least. All right. All right. No, this right. isn't so a how to just, survive. Well, Although uh, one of those I survived books was the Great Molasses Flood yeah. I, that came up. In but my Brian, research. he did. He did kind of say it. So it's like you just can't do repet. Like in water, you do repetitive motions to keep yourself afloat. But like with molasses, like. So what is that? Explain that to me. How do I get out of molasses then? <laughs> Don't repeat I, what I've been doing. So <laughs> no, if you're, Every I would assume instead of like, well, instead of like up and down, like you go left push, and right, <laughs> like left or right, or just in a continuous motion. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if you rolled. Like if you rolled somersaults, <laughs> like somersaults, like rolling would actually technically get you out of it. Would it? I, I would. Know. That would be one. I would not want to like. If my head was above it. I would not. No, want no, to try no. To I would roll. say spin, not like not assholes to elbows. I would probably do like side to side spinning. Well, if your head's above it and you can touch the ground, I think you can just walk forward. It's true. No, I guess spinning would be a repetitive motion too. Don't don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. If we're if this is the molasses Oregon Trail, we all would have died with my advice. Well, I think non non Newtonian spinning would be fine, but Newtonian spinning, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A woman was suffocated to death by molasses. A boy was killed after being struck by a railroad card, or really thrown into a railroad card. Yeah. Another man died. Several people died. We'll get to that. The force of the molasses called buildings to, quote, cringe up as though they were made of pasteboard. Oh, wow. That uh, Engine 131 firehouse that I mentioned, uh, when it was knocked off its foundation, 
its second floor then collapsed into part of the first because like the first came out from underneath it nearby the Clower Tea House was swept away and knocked against the train platform. Martin Clowerty, having just woke, quote, Martin Clowerty, having just woken up, watched his home crumble around him before being thrown into the current. I was in bed on the third floor of my house when I heard a deep rumble, he remembered. When I awoke, it was in several feet of molasses. Oh, damn. <laughs> and he's on the third story? Yes. Shit. Go to sleep on the 30th. 30- third story wake up in several feet of molasses outside of your apartment (laughs) (laughs) what uh he nearly drowned in the gooey whirlpool before climbing atop his own bread bed frame which he discovered floating nearby a barman used a makeshift boat to rescue his sister and uh oh his mother and younger brother were among those killed in the disaster. Oh, damn. Now, actually, at this point, um, before I continue, you, I put a link in the chat of the destruction from this. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to... No, I've been oh, looking. Yeah. It's pretty destructive. Check out those photos. So it gives you a good idea of how bad things were. Like the second photo. What is that? It's a train car. Yeah. <laughs> holy jesus yeah that thing's so... like shredded shredded oh my god so much goo yeah a wall of goo mm-hmm. did all of this yeah it's it's it looks like a hurricane came through somewhere essentially yeah hurricane. Um, if you've seen pictures of hurricane devastation the uh the rubble of the fire station is fucking nutty because you can tell how the whole foundation shifted and then like like it fell down Domino on top of where it was. Yeah. So wild. During the second stage of the flood, quote, the inertia runs out as the molasses spreads. That's when the viscosity starts to matter. Uh, so basically, as it slowed down, it became harder to move out of mm-hmm. or move around sure. in. Mm-hmm. So molasses gets thicker and stickier after this initial wave. People are trapped. Uh, Witnesses describe trying to breathe while stuck, gasping for air while trying not to inhale all the molasses. Um, The cold weather made things worse. Oh, yeah. Because what? It's only 40 degrees out, right? Yes. Yeah. So and then this was when this happened was the hottest it was going to be that day. So it's only going to get colder from there. So. Uh, as the day went on, it became harder and harder to move because it was getting colder and colder and the molasses lost all that inertia. Rescuers were having trouble getting people out of the molasses like because mm-hmm. they're now in the molasses, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, so firefighters started laying their ladders across it and they could kind of use that to not sink into it yeah. okay. because of the viscosity. A lot of, lot of viscosity talk tonight, boys. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Oh, it only makes sense. Mm-hmm. As they would go and round viscosity atrocity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so one of the other interesting things is afterwards, though, once it all settled, everything was very still because everything's kind of stuck where it is. So as during rescue efforts, you just see like s- see a struggling form somewhere, and be like, oh, that's somebody, something alive has to be over there because you can see its movement. 
Um, and it could have been a person or a horse or a dog or a cat, whatever it was. Right. The Boston reporter wrote, quote, only an upheaval, a thrashing about and the sticky mass showed where any life was. Unquote. Wow. That's crazy. Do they have um a sort of official headcount of like, There is. Yeah. yeah. Uh we're almost there. Rescuers, police officers, firemen, Red Cross volunteers, good Samaritans quickly became stuck in it and had to be pulled out themselves. This is a problem that only Yeah. They were totally fucked. Ultimately, the disaster killed twenty one people. Damn. Twelve horses and uncounted numbers of dogs and cats. Another 150 people were injured. Holy shit. About half the victims were crushed by the wave or debris or drowned in the molasses that day. The other half died for injuries or infections in the following weeks. So I think it was 11 died in the initial Mm -hmm. flood. That's crazy. A half freezing tsunami of quicksand. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. whacks you and then gets you stuck. It It smelled like uh molasses in boston's north end for a long time after that yeah it did that it's brought about a lot of regulatory changes and oversight on like uh molasses containment procedures yeah yeah tanks but uh just generally like mcps uh you know business government oversight over businesses so that it's for public safety can you imagine the amount of bugs that would show up onto that area after oh sure a yeah. huge incident like that or just cr- yeah. just critters just trying to eat it eat all that molasses. molasses up yeah i'm sure probably yeah yeah i'm sure it must have been gross super gross so today only a small plaque in the north end of in the north end's puopolo <laughs> park commemorates the disaster some local residents claim to this day that on hot days in the summer you can still smell the molasses See it coming down the road. Yeah. And that, gentlemen, is the Great Molasses Flood. That's insane. Paint it brown. Nothing will happen. Exactly. Paint it brown, and we will not have to worry about a Goonami. You won't have to see it. Exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. And there you have it. So thank you so much for that real gnarly segment for us tonight, Sam. And we are going to go ahead and take one more quick break and then jump into my creepy file for tonight. So we will be right back. Goobob. And we're back. Thank you so much to our kind sponsor for those lovely words of encouragement. As I said before the break, we're going to jump into our second segment of the night, which is a nice little creepy file from yours truly. So let's go ahead and get into getting into it. (laughs) Yeah. About 20 minutes south of Albany sits the small town of Kinderhook, New York. And on one day in 1962, 10-year-old Bruce Hallenbeck and his cousin had a strange encounter with an entity he later referred to as the Blob. It's time to close your eyes and open your mind as we dive into the creepy files. Okay, so today's file, we're diving into another cryptid, and this is a much, much, much lesser known cryptid at that. We're talking about <laughs> something called the Kinderhook Blob. Um, uh, <laughs> the Kinderhook Blob? So yeah, Sam told me about his molasses no segment. 
So I tried to like find blob related <laughs> cryptids. <laughs> it, this kind of popped up. So right. the sources for this come from there's a book called Monsters of New York: Mysterious Creatures in the Empire State by Bruce Hallenbeck. And then oh, there okay. was a okay. So I, I really got to shout out this guy, Sam Kalinsky. He's apparently he's like a uh, God. What is it? Where's his about page? Real quick. Uh, an independent artist, folklorist, and character designer from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I found like a, so much information in the description for a Kinderhook blob little drawing thing this guy sells on his website. But if, in the uh -huh. description for what this is, he links to so many different like <laughs> sources and information about this thing, Excellent. which was awesome. Great. So a lot of that comes from there. And there was a, a particular article in that called A Local History of the Paranormal from Ichabod Crane to the Kinderhook Creature, an interview with Bruce G. Hallenbeck by Christopher Klein. There's also a cryptid wiki. In the cryptid wiki, most of their source comes from a, another podcast called the Kryptonaut Podcast. The Kryptonaut Podcast, I believe, when I listen to them, they sort they source a lot from a book called Monsters of the North Woods, which is by four different people called Paul Bartholomew, Robert Bartholomew, William Brand, and Bruce Hallenbeck. Okay. Pulling from sources and trying to find like where these stories come from, because there's not a lot. And, and where where it's all from and the proper places it's sort of cited from is is a little tough. So it's like yeah. going down this rabbit. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a who's on first type thing. Because mm -hmm. there's there's really not a lot to the story after this point. Basically, <laughs> Kinderhook itself is considered like kind of a hotbed of paranormal activity as well. They have their own later on. There's like a Bigfoot type creature that's the kinderhook creature that's cited there mm -hmm. there's a lot of ufo activity all that kind of fun stuff washington irving stayed in kinderhook at some point while he was writing the legend of sleepy hollow so that has oh. its own thing to it interesting it's kind of spooky kind of scary uh, like, he was here for a little bit so Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um what if it's a shapeshifter so it it's a blob but it's also a creature but it's also an alien Right? It could just be all the different things going on in there. Yeah. Well, I'll let you kind of figure that out based on what his description is. I think there's some sort of paranormal mouth in Kinderhook myself. A paranormal Ooh. mouth. <laughs> uh, that's like Hellmouth adjacent. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So, uh, Bruce Hallenbeck, he works at the New York State Library as like a genealogist or something. He d He's... Mm -hmm does that he's also written a lot of other books in the world of cryptozoology he has all this like whole series of i believe i mentioned monsters of new york he has the monsters mm -hmm. of pennsylvania and the monsters of this state and that state a whole bunch of different stuff he also is a big oh. horror movie guy he's made like and worked on a bunch of independent horror movie stuff and likes old classic comedy horror movies and just horror movies and all this other stuff so he has a bunch cool. of books on stuff like that as well Okay. Our first yeah, encounter. Bring him on. I mean, I I don't know if he's. I didn't look much into his kind of current whereabouts. Hopefully, he's alive. Um, <laughs> our first encounter takes place in 1962. Bruce Hallenbeck and his cousin uh, Chari. Chari. Like I don't know anything else about this person. Just that their name is is Chari. Chari. C H A R I. It could be like Chari. Shari. <laughs> Shari. Right, uh, chair. Oh, <laughs> so Bruce is uh, about 10 at this time and his cousin's seven or so. So they're apparently they're out 
playing in the woods uh, behind Bruce's house when they both hear some sort of really high-pitched whistle noise. At that point, they look around for the source of the noise. What's the source of that noise? Uh, what's the source of that noise? When Paranormal mouth. When little Bruce Par- notices Par- something, peering from behind a tree is a small, white object. <laughs> blob. <laughs> he doesn't even okay. give the blob-like description in the initial report. Just, like, I think Blue calls it an object. Uh, when Hellenbeck says that uh, it peers at him, he mentions that the creature doesn't have any like noticeable eyes, but it, it clearly has the sense of being looked at, and this scares the kids, so they run back to Bruce's home. But I imagine like it poking around the tree, like you know that meme of the guy in like the yellow blazer, like yeah, like uh, rubbing like his it. hands oh, yeah. together, hands like that's together. how I imagine our little blob peeking around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm. Ooh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get myself a snack. I pictured one of those little like uh, forest spirits from Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Oh, okay. That's a fun, cute little Picture description. Yeah, it's, it's essentially its head out, mm-hmm. jiggling its head about. <laughs> <laughs> Our second encounter takes place in 1964-ish. Now. This is where some of like the sources and the timelines and who is doing what gets a little scurry. So in the the, the initial reports and everything I, I, I heard and read about, they claimed it was an unnamed man who, who talks about this. He says that he's hiking through the woods when he sees this creature. He met, This is when someone finally mentions it being a blob. So he calls it a big white blob that starts to float towards him. So again, this scares the person that's involved and he runs away and mentioning that he leaps over a six foot pond or a puddle trying to get out of there so you know how to brag a little bit about like oh, so i totally he, launched he, over this six foot <laughs> pond dude <laughs> and i got out of there got totally out of there i also like that this blob is also defying gravity uh unlike the other blobs that we've covered so it's a fl- it's like a floating mass right it seems more uh in this one, we definitely get the description of it kind of like floating. Non-Newtonian gravity. Right, uh-huh. exactly. And uh, so so he jumps across his pond, runs back home. He apparently finds like a neighbor or a friend and tries to gather up some courage to grab the friend. They grab some like shovels and pitchforks and they're going to go back and find this blob again. We're going to go whack this blob. Exactly. This blob. Evil dies tonight! While they're out there, the... the like, I think the friend is like turns like sheet white or something they describe it as and just like silently points to something and then the creature they describe as was hovering through the trees towards them and yet again they get <laughs> scared shitless apparently they drop their weapons and hightail it out of there yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know if they jump fl- over any other six feet ponds as well you just have a floating I jumped over a like, ten foot fence I, yeah. I saw what you I saw hey guys I saw what you did <laughs> So they get out of there, and then, okay, this is one of our screwiest timelines, because some people reported as, like, only a couple years later, but then there was also another report of, like, 14 years later. So one of the best things I found out was about 1976-ish. Someone by the name of Barry Scott and Russell Lee. They're both about 14. Uh, they're out camping. When they they describe, their, they hear a trampling outside, so that would lend to believe that the thing's on the ground, but yeah Mm -hmm. previous reports you know floating or whatever so they decide to peek outside and then that's when they see the blob they described a more ghost-like 
being than a blob. They also mentioned that it, they did mention that it seemed to float more than it walked. Barry described it as being bell-shaped. So that would be almost like a traditional ghost in like a, uh, yeah, uh, sheet. In a sheet <laughs> floating there. While Russell said that it looked like the Virgin Mary. Oh. oh. A, a goo. How could I tell she was a virgin? It, it's no. I don't know. Let's say I mean because of the Bible. They ask because of the Bible, mm-hmm. the Goo Bible, the Goo Bible. It's not a thing. So that's, that's a, what they describe it as, and that's big. their encounter with everything. So those are like our big encounters. Um, there was apparently one more, a fourth encounter in 2017 by someone named Owen Farley and Anthony Melanowski. Now they claim to be out on a walk late one night when they noticed the temp- temperature drop followed by a loud, high-pitched screech. And then they next describe a figure, a white blob, around seven feet tall, appear from the woods. And then the creature started to float towards them at a high at a high speed, causing the two to run away. Now, Weird. there's no substantiated like sources for this info here, so I have no idea. <laughs> like I can't yeah. point to anything on this one. That's so crazy. What if it's like an interdimensional being that's trying to make contact, but every time it tries to make contact, kind of like the Mothman. Was like, hey guys, could you help me find this? Thing? Oh shit! And then just run away. All right, right. Just <laughs> it's just trying to talk. Okay. It's just running at them. It's like in um Barbarian where the guy's running up and like, oh my god, you gotta get out. That has like, Man, get out of there. He just doesn't know how to interact with the people, so it's running. It's, it's floating at them super quickly. Or maybe he's like a um like an intergalactic uh Mormon, and he's trying to show the the Bible of goo. <laughs> My, the goo bible, the goo bible. Yeah. my dear friends there um, it is there's the goo bible okay so that's why exist. i would definitely run away from that yes you run away from the goo bible i mean that probably preaches the word of chuddle oh well that sounds nice it has been prophesied. <laughs> traditionally when people try and talk to me about religion i would run away <laughs> well this this religion's a good one join the coven join the patreon all right so that's like our our story here that's everything about this that's little so guy weird. there's not much more to it but I did reading along and doing a little bit more digging. So I mentioned one of the articles, like the local history of the paranormal from Ichabod, like this whole long thing that was like a random document that was uploaded. So that was uploaded in 2018, but I don't know when it was actually like this article was published or anything. Mm -hmm. So in that it's an interview with the guy and he briefly mentions his encounters with the blob creature. And he says that the second encounter with that unnamed man was apparently a friend of Bruce and that it was a kid around the age of 12 who had this encounter, the one who jumped over the six foot pond. Yeah. (laughs) And the kid actually went and grabbed Bruce. It was those two that went out with the pitchforks and the shovels and encountered encountered the blob creature again. So it wasn't just another random person apparently bruce is back in the picture again and then get this third encounter our 1976ers barry scott and russell lee apparently those are cousins of bruce as well bruce bruce says he has a lot of cousins it's a small town it is a really really small town and apparently everyone's related there but he has he said that he has a bunch of cousins so those guys are are part of it (laughs) what if it's just a what if it's just a like a ghost haunting a family what is the worst familial yeah i like that idea nothing on the fourth encounter because that's so unsubstantiated with anything 
I will say also about Bruce Hallenbeck is I mentioned the the creature, the the Bigfoot type creature that has been reported. Yep. Yeah. In the the Kinderhook creature. Yeah. So it was his grandmother who first reported seeing this creature in the uh, area so this this family has you know ties oh, so, with the whole paranormal mouse there say, so th- this family is observant is what you're telling yeah. me every every fa- every generation has a new cryptid to deal with sorry i turned away uh, from the mic and the camera again if you didn't notice oh you know <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know you know but let's let's bring people in let's bring them into this uh, you might hear some squealing going on my one of my dogs really wants to make an, uh, an appearance on the podcast tonight and is just like screaming about it over there so so that's that's my, yep, uh, there he is right there. That's, so, what, Dad, that's what I'm Dad, dealing with. Dad, it, it, it's fun. Dad, are you recording right now, Dad? Hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? I want to be part of it. But luckily, that's kind of the end of our, our segment here. There's really not much in, on else on the Kinderhook blob. He was a fun little cryptid I found. It did lead me to finding something from a company. I believe they're called Meta Zoo Games. and They make these, you could call them Magic the Gathering or Pokemon type cards. Mm-hmm. for like cryptids it's like a card game it looks like and they they have one for our, our the Kinderhook for our boy, blob. The Kinderhook blob they have one for mothman nice. and obviously all the big ones but yeah it, it looked ridiculous and, and fun as shit so maybe i was thinking about picking up like a pack and seeing if you know we get anybody 10 10 cards it looks just like a Pokemon pack. We'll we'll grab that and maybe if we get uh the, get a pack. the Kinderhook yeah. guy, we'll 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 throw it into some sort of giveaway Ooh. for for someone out there. Or we could do segments yeah. on see what you get in the pack, Ooh, do segments on them. Pack segments. That'd be fun. Yeah, get a pack, open pack it up, pack. do a segment. Pack I love it. Pack, that is a great pack. idea. Maybe that may be Patreon exclusive. All right, we are gonna go ahead and go to a quick break and then come back with our final questions for the night. Goobob. And we're back. Thank you so much to our lovely sponsors for those awesome words of encouragement. As we said before the break, we're jumping into our final segment of the night where we're going to ask each other a few little questions and have a little fun. So I'll get us started and take us right back into the Kinderhook blob and ask you all, which version of the blob would you like to be? So do you want to be like a cute little like peeking around a corner, you know, rubbing your hands, looking at <laughs> mischievous blob, <laughs> mischievous blob, or do you want to be a seven foot tall, like hovering around scary blob, I guess, or do you want to be the Virgin Mary or <laughs> just traditional ghost? I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go creeping. I'm going to go original OJ. Cute, yeah, cutie. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The I think, cutie creeper. I think I would do uh, Poopy. I, I think I'm going to go phantasm. I think I'm going to go orb. Orb blob, like the first sighting was that it wasn't even called a blob yet, right? Well, yeah, that was that was culture poopy. The first yeah, sighting yeah, yeah. was little cutie. Yeah, that's oh, little cutie. Oh, that is little cutie. Poopy. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> no, then I'll do ominous bell-looking floating apparatus. Yeah, that's ominous bell. Yeah, yeah. that's more like yeah, that's traditional ghost in a sheet-looking. Perfect. I love it. So but more supernatural, but more supernatural. That was a real easy one to get. Uh, get a get the wheels flowing. Get our rat wheels flowing. All right, Sam, what do you got for us? Uh, so you are gonna get. I don't know if you're gonna get killed, but you you live <laughs> oh, good. in a place where there's gonna be a great something flood. Oh, okay. It's it can't be a bodily fluid. Good. Um, but <laughs> it, it's got to be bad. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a flood. Like, it's going to be some, pretty bad. What do you mean it's sure, got to be but bad? But you can't pick water either. You okay. know what I mean? Um, what 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 is your neighborhood and your friends and neighbors 
Can I get hurt by slash? Oh God. Um. Okay, I got one. And you're gonna like have to fight your way out of. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, Nature Valley never Ranch. went through <laughs> OSHA's. Oh, hidden valley. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, go OSHA's on. containment of uh, their hardy ranch dressing. So they decided to put it into a giant, huge vat that explodes. They painted so it white. <laughs> and, and then my entire neighborhood is just covered in Nature's Valley's ranch dressing. Hidden Valley, right? Hidden Valley. Is it Hidden Valley or Nature's Valley? No, it is Hidden Valley. Hidden yeah. Valley. Nature's Valley they, is you like gotta the hide that nut valley. bars. You can't be like, oh, everyone yeah, know that's true. I mean, I guess being drowned by nut bars would also be also horrifying. But Hidden Valley. Hidden Valley. Ranch, yeah. The viscosity on that's not too bad. And, okay, that's the other thing that I didn't think about is every summer now for the rest of your life <laughs> on hot days, you're going to smell Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> Ooh, it's not, okay, I mean, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> really, really bad. I mean, I don't know if this is a lot. I was gonna go with something kind of interesting. Jello is that like? Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, just totally. just like a whole bunch of Jello, and I imagine that's it good, all as always... like a bunch of cubes, like it's oh, just like a bunch of tiny that's cubes true. composing like a whole bunch of Jello taking over everything. But ultimately, I, I always wanted to be in a big thing of Jello. I was wondering what that was like. Oh, so we all. That's oh. a good choice. Yeah. There was a Disney cartoon, uh, an old one that I remember when I was a kid. I think it might be a Jack and the Beanstalk one. And Goofy's running on a th- top of Jello. Oh. Um, and it wobbles and everything. And never. I, I, when I was a kid, I thought about that a lot. <laughs> Get that wobble on. I've always been fascinated with viscosity. Um, <laughs> the I. My cash. I thought a two. I think I'm gonna go with a marshmallow. Like ooh, like melted, like Stay Puft Marshmallow Man exploded all over the town. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's probably the closest to our molasses. Yeah, Yeah. be tough to get out of. Once you're in it, it, you're you're having a hard time. Can you eat your way out? Of course. That's one thing. That's one solution we didn't talk about. Why we didn't say, well, all these people that drowned, why didn't they just eat their way out of the molasses? That seems <laughs> but, tough. I mean, yeah, at any point, you're just not going to. Yeah. Marshmallows, also, though, could be solid enough that you could just eat yourself a little air pocket. But, that um, is true. It depends on how cold it is, too. The temperature kind of adds That's a, true. Yeah. But during summertime and hot days, smelling some marshmallow fluff sounds great. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, just smells mm-hmm. like toasted marshmallow all over the place because my other answer that. was going to be nacho cheese but i think uh i don't want to smell that in the summers on hot days <laughs> <laughs> yeah but whose cheese would you want to use though yeah it's like not mine brand of cheese yeah i think with my said ranch, it's not I my cheese whose cheese possible thing oh very good oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right ross do you got a question for us I do. Okay, so it has nothing to do with what we've just been talking about, but I thought this one was kind of interesting. Would you rather always feel like someone is following you, but no one is, or always feel like someone is watching you, even though no one is? Well, hmm. Terrible. I guess guess watching, or no, following, following. I'd rather have someone, the following feeling... Because following is just from place to place. I can, 
watching is everywhere. There's never a stop, an end to being watched where there's I, an end to being followed. Yeah, I feel that's, like that's, I think that's my line of thought too. Yeah, but followed, you're followed home, so they're just sitting outside. Like you're gonna yeah, have the feeling of someone you, just followed you to your home and they're just sitting there waiting. I could not feel inside my I house. Think it's the, like I'm I think it's the barrier yeah. of privacy is that like once you're in your house, yeah, there's things on the outside, but at least you're yeah. in your house. But I if someone's always is, constantly yeah, but, watching you, I guess you have you. I guess the feeling of zero privacy. You'd Maybe? also if someone's always know. watching you, they're also always following you. Whereas if yeah. someone's always yeah. following you, they're not also always watching you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, all right. just. Well, there you clear. go. There's your yeah. answer. That's it. We figured <laughs> that one out. What What do you guys think? Let us know. Discord. Okay, here we go. Final question of the night comes from Reddit. Would you rather be able to do one of the following: swim like a shark, run like a cheetah? Have the strength of a gorilla, jump like a kangaroo, climb walls like a spider, or eat like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! I mean, nice. ultimately, out of all of that, I think I'm picking climb walls like a spider. That Not one. Well, or what do you pick? Swim like a shark. I think like that would be a pretty dope power. Either to swim like a shark or the strength of a gorilla. The strength one just for survival. Uh, <laughs> Pure the survival. swim like a shark is like so foreign to my it's the most foreign to my experience of anything you know what i mean like humans are only so good at swimming we can never we can become very strong we you can try and run fast you'll never run it that fast we can pig out i know we've all been there am i right um but we couldn't people climb mountains People climb the sides of buildings, but people have submarine things that fly around in the ocean. I mean, it's flippers. It's, by that know, same argument, like I feel like that'd be the same thing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad choice at all, but I think climbing walls would be pretty good and fun. It's true, especially and if, then if like the the climbing thing though. It what if you lose your grip and fall? Well, well you just I grab. Some, well, I guess you could just stick. I mean, to yeah. Something else. I don't know. Swim like a shark. What does that mean? What if you uh, get attacked by a shark? Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a second. What are you guys? Because it is just you. I mean, <laughs> do you still have to breathe like normal? Like you could swim oh, like a shark, true. but I feel like you're just a Spider-Man fan. So you have to go climbing walls. You've been playing a lot of Spider-Man. You <laughs> live mean, in New just, York. You yeah, have a lot more to climb. Like, yeah. yeah, See, I wouldn't do Spider-Man just because of my thing with heights. So I'd just be like, this is great until it's just terrible. Well, I think your thing with heights would lessen if you have Spider-Man If I could powers. stick to everything. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. None of us I'd are going to be able I'd to just figure be that out. There being like, why did I do this? Why did I climb this high? <laughs> Ross, get down. I don't want to. I can't move. <laughs> All right. So then are you, what are you picking, Sam? Shark. Shark. What are you picking, Ross? Um, I'll split the difference and do the gorilla. I knew you would. All right, so then what what we will pick? Eat like a pig is our answer and hit vote. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2.2 thousand votes on it. 890 chose. That's the top one, strength of a gorilla. Next came in run like a cheetah, which I mean, I guess that could be. I was interested. Fast running could be cool. Uh, 472. And then, no, next came in, sorry, climb like a wall, walls like a spider at 631. Then the cheetah at 472, then the shark at 147, then the kangaroo at 36, and eat like a pig at now 26 because of us. (laughs) (laughs) 
And now have... jumping like a kangaroo. How? What that do seems they jump pretty dumb. Like? I don't think they jump terribly really... high. Yeah, <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, I know they jump to get around, but it's not like. Would it just be like holy shit? Did you see how high that kangaroo jumps? Yeah. Would it just mean you just have kangaroo legs? Would they just be horribly broken backwards and? Uh, I think it just means you could jump over yeah. a six-foot pond if you right. needed to oh, get away. get away for a blob. That, I mean, that, that reads. That's good. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. So, so the, the you're saying that the okay, I get it. Sorry, <laughs> let me let my brain catch up to my mouth, or let my mouth catch up to my brain and express my what thoughts about properly. Strong like a kangaroo, have you seen those things? It's fucking horrifying. No, nope, that's not it. Jump like a kangaroo. There it is. Jumbly kangaroo. All right. Doesn't Ross ha- hate kangaroos? Wasn't that in like one of our first episodes? They are. We just, had a kangaroo question. It's just off-putting. Early it, on. I think it was fighting a kangaroo or something like that. Oh yeah, you think? Who, what Brian chose to fight a kangaroo? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Go back. Suck. Actually, I doubt you can even go back and listen to it unless you're a patron. And go ahead, jump into the Patreon, join that, have fun there. Three six nine for all the good tiers over there. Go ahead and follow Sam at Chuddle the Sam, Ross at Chuddle the Ross, me at Chuddle the Brian with a why? Because I gotta on Instagram and Slasher and all of us at Chuddle the Pod on those places as well. Please jump into our Discord. That's where you can get all the most up-to-date info and fun shit going on there and definitely if you like us go ahead and rate us review us on apple and spotify that helps a lot and if you need help taking anyone to us or remembering where to get to any of this information you can always go over to shuttle the pod.com for all that information you could ever need and until next time we'll be waiting Pooh, we're rich. Pooh, we're rich.